Anzac Day is a special commemoration in the story of Australia. For this podcast, we have spent time with teachers and students from the Cobden Technical School about a brand new project which they are launching this year to celebrate Anzac Day. This will take place at the Cobden Cemetery on Thursday and Friday prior to Anzac Day. Cobden's regular commemoration will be held at the Monument at the Civic Hall on Sunday the 25th of April at 11am, organised by the Cobden Scouts. Cobden Now We're Talking is really excited to bring you the background of the Cobden Technical School initiative and to bring memories of veterans who have served in some of the conflicts of the last 100 years or more. As always, we acknowledge that Cobden Now We're Talking is the official podcast of Progressing Cobden and is supported by the Cobden and Districts Community Bank and the Corangamite Shire Council. Andrea is the coordinator of the school's Building Communities Project and plays a key role in initiating and developing projects which interact positively with the Cobden community. Here she talks with Trev about this year's Anzac Day project. So at this stage, the planning is that on Thursday the 22nd of April, the students in the history class and the descendants of veterans who are buried at the cemetery are going to be meeting at the cemetery at 11.30 with Joe Beard and members of the Cobden Cemetery Trust yep. and members of the community who are interested and who have relatives um, buried at the cemetery to place flags at each of the graves of our past veterans who are yeah. And um, so on the day, the students are actually going to, they're going in a minibus and they're going to pick up Alma McDonald along the way. Yeah, and, take and we're her. speaking to Alma later on, yep. Yeah, so, um, so they're going to be, Alma's going to go along and share her stories orally with the students while they're there. Yes. And so the students have learnt all about the etiquette of walking around the graves and they will have, Joe will have the list of where all the flags will be placed. Yep. So, yeah, so this um, activity will probably take about two hours for the students um, to be involved in that. And then the following day, all the whole school is going to have an assembly um, at the cemetery at 11.30. The Cobden bus lines has um, provided the transport for free, so thank yeah. you, Cobden bus lines. <laughs> and the... We're having some wreaths made um, in the town and they, the students will be pre uh, presenting them. We have connected with the RSL, with Alan Fleming, who will be our MC for the day. Our ex-serviceman speaker is one of our teachers, current teachers, Michael Nixon. Yeah, and we're having a chat to Michael in a minute, yep. so it'll be good. Yes, yeah, so that will be great. We have Bernie Dunn who is from the Lakes and Craters Band, yes. who will be playing the trumpet for us. We have Austin Dubai, one of our students, who is going to read the ode. Yes. And we have... Uh, yes, so that is what's happening on the day. And the idea is, so then, all the students of our school community become more knowledgeable in this area. And so, and to increase their interest and... At this stage, oh, Ronnie Gregan is also a big part of all of this. Ronnie's actually been very good at helping me with who to ring, um, you know, to bring together for this uh, ceremony. And also 
he has brought in his um, jacket that he wore when he served in Vietnam. And he also has brought in a whole lot of um, fundraising. His poppies. His po yeah, for yeah. the students um, like the SRC at the school to to raise um, funds. So oh, there's yeah. a lot of people involved. That's, that's going to be a wonderful day for the students and for yourself. And it's great to see how the students can uh, relive or understand a bit more about the heroes and the war veterans of this area. And uh, it's a great... Um, initiative by the school to bring this all together and the flag raisings and the flag placements on the graves is, um, is I've seen the Colac ones my, I've got my in-laws are uh, um, not have a flag have a flag placed on their their tombstone recognised that's the word thanks Henry I knew you were a teacher for some reason uh, recognised by the, the flags being on their tombstones and that's, mm. that's a great thing to see and it'll be fantastic to see it up here at the Cobden Cemetery. Mm. All right, thank you for that. That's great. Cheers. Jen McLennan is the humanities teacher at Tech and she has developed the, the details of the Anzac Day flag-raising ceremony at the Cobden Cemetery. She spoke with me about what will take place. Tell me a little bit about the class and the, the kids that are going to be involved on the day and what, what their sort of role will be. Sure, Trevor. Andrea approached humanities teachers asking for um, someone who would be willing to take this task on. And with my Year 9 humanities class, we do take some time around Anzac Day to, to investigate, to research, to learn about Anzac Day, Gallipoli the events in the Second World War. So I um, embrace this opportunity. So we've got some students from Year 9 um, and also some other students within the school who have relatives who have served in, in wars um, and are buried at the Copton Cemetery. We are going to be involved in actually raising flags at the graves of returned or servicemen and women who have been registered with the um, with the Office of Australian War Graves in class. It means that we've actually done some research on what the Office of Australian War Graves actually does, learning about some of the etiquette surrounding walking around a cemetery and also how to respectfully handle uh, the Australian flag and the etiquette around that. Um, the students have really, really embraced this. They're really looking forward to it. We've had students coming to school with information about relatives who have wanted to um, research more into um, where they're buried, more about their background into the war. So um, it's been really positive to see um, students talking about it and being excited about this project. Three students will play a major part in the commemoration at the cemetery. They have talked together with Trev about their involvement in the ceremony. And I've had the pleasure this morning of being able to speak with Brody Foster. How are you, Brody? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, Caitlin Sargood. Caitlin? Good. You're allowed to talk up. You've got to talk up loud in this job. Austin DeBee. DeBee. Austin, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good. So Brody's in year nine, Caitlin's in year nine, and Austin's in year 11. And we're just talking about the Anzac Day ceremony coming up at the Cobden. Um, cemetery, which is happening um, a couple of days before Anzac Day, where we're putting flags and that on. Brody, how do you feel? What were your first thoughts when you were asked to be involved in something like this? Being involved with the community, and we went up to the cemetery the other day to figure out what the Australian war graves actually look like that we're going to put the flags on. Perfect. And yeah, and do you have any feelings about 
the day itself or when you start putting the flags up? Have you thought much about that? Well, it's definitely special because they're actually getting recognition of what they've actually done. Yes. That they've probably never got before. Yeah, it's, it's been made a highlight of, isn't it? Yeah. I shouldn't say a highlight, but, it's, but it is being recognised and I like your words there. Caitlin, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement in the day? We're going to be putting flags down beside graves of organised Anzac soldiers. Yeah, and we've, these guys are here because they've got ancestors who were involved in the war in one way or another. Caitlin, tell me a little bit about um, your involvement. Well, I had a great-grandfather-in-law who was on the HMAS Sydney when it sunk. Oh, that's a nasty event, that one. It killed 640 people. And it's likely that the captain, officers and 70% of the crew died very early on in the confrontation. Now, if I've got this right, you said your great-great-grandfather-in-laws. That'll go pretty close. I shouldn't be flippant about it, but that, that, that's a horrific event, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is, you know, just one a part of the history of the Australian um, war efforts. Austin, you're, you're involved in the day. What, what's your role? Do you have any specific role? I'll be reading out the ode on the day. You're reading the actual ode? Yeah. Yep. Have you been practising? Yeah, I think I've got it. Got it down, down. pat? Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty important role. Yeah. Do you find that um, uh, the day itself has any significance for you, yourself? Oh, yeah. Having a family member who served gives it a little bit of a special touch. It does? Yeah. And who's your family member? Oh, my great-grandfather went to the Second World War. Second World War. You're telling me before, was he um, encaptured? Yeah, he was a prisoner for three years. For three years? Just about. Oh, that's horrific. I mean, we all, I don't know about you, but I know of a lot of stories that happened around that time and it wasn't a very nice time for to be a prisoner of war. No. no. And he got home all right? Yeah, he got home in 1946. 1946. Yeah. He, and he's passed away now? Yeah, he passed away in 2015. Yeah, so you would have had a bit to do with him? Yeah, I've seen him a little bit. Yep, no, that's, that's, that's really, uh, you're really lucky to have had that opportunity in life. Um, Brody, just on your, you didn't mention before, but you must have, you've got some involvement with the day itself. Is it just putting the flags up or part of that ceremony? Yeah, it's sort of putting the flags up on each of the graves and yep. I think that's about my role, yeah. Yeah, and your ancestors involved in the war at all? Oh, well, I've had, I don't know much about them, but I've had two in yes. each family. Yes. Mum and Dad, um, one I know got shot in the leg. They both made it back, but one got shot in the leg, I think, Ouch. in World War Two. In World War Two. Yep. Yeah. And they're both, both still around? No, they're not around anymore. They're not? No. No? Oh, that's okay. And did you get to know them at all? Nah, no. Nah. nah, a bit like my, my grandparents yeah. too. I did. Caitlin? Do you have any feelings at all about the day or how it fits together with the school and the community? I feel that because the school's trying to get more involved with the community and that, that this will be a good way of doing it. Yeah, I totally agree with you and it's great to have you young guys here. Wish you all the best of luck on the day and I hope it all goes well. Alma McDonough's father served in World War One, and she shared her reflections on his period of service. There's uh, several uh, World War One soldiers buried at uh, the Cobham Cemetery, and also, of course, World War Two and the, the Vietnam War, and I think one soldier from the Korean War. 
my father is buried there. He was Sir Ernest Hope Wilson. He was a member of the Australian First Life Horse. He was in the 8th Battalion and served his country in France and Belgium. Also from, with him from Cobden was my mother's brother. My father was in charge of a, a Lewis gun, which was a large war gun that was served in the troops. Yep. He had a team of eight other soldiers and uh, they became extremely good friends and worked there together. Many years after the wars were over, they all gathered at my parents' house. I can well remember as a small child, these yeah. men and their stories and the friendship and the things we heard that we'd never heard before. It would have been good to be able to would have been good to be able to capture those events <laughs> then, yes, wouldn't it? He was quite senior as many of the, the soldiers went as 18-year-olds and some of them even beforehand. Yeah. But my father was quite senior and it probably explained why he was quickly promoted as uh, to have these men working under his guidance. So he probably was the leader amongst men. But after he returned home, he came back t to Cobden where he had a quarry before he went to war with 14 acres of it. And he returned home and there was a bushland of 102 acres mm. adjoining his bush quarry. So he applied to have that as a closer settlement soldiers. He was, we settled there and that was our life. We became dairy farmers. And, well, and that's after the war, of course. Yes. When the Vietnam War, was, when the Australian troops were sent to Vietnam, it was a very unpopular decision at the time. The honour board, the, the teacher at that particular time, decided to put the honour board out of sight and it was stored underneath the school with all sorts of other old school gadgets and it became a pretty knocked about. Later on you are able to resurrect yeah, the board? Yes, um, the support of the Karindamachaya, we uh, had that successfully restored and it now has its private place in the entrance hall to the Cobden Primary where so many of the soldiers went. Yeah, and it's great to have some memento of those people who did serve their country. You also mentioned before that you uh, snuck into the back of a bus that went up to Canberra when the, re uh, the Vietnam yes, veterans had their the, first return when march. When the Canberra Memorial was uh, opened, I was able to go with some Vietnam veterans who ran a bus from Woonabil to Canberra. Um, there were soldiers riding their motorbikes. They were part of a, a, a motorbike group and the American soldiers marched there their um, motorbikes in the parade. The dawn parade included all the veterans, of course, who attended. We had had um, a veteran from Cobden who had been killed in, and there were his parents had been invited and his brother proudly carried his, his deceased brother's flag in the parade. It was one of the most moving ceremonies and so important to history and to those men 
to remember and reminisce of the, the cruel times that they'd uh, lived through. Yes, and that just goes to show that you know this country has been at war in different ways and means for a long period of time, and that the cemetery up here at Cobden has war graves from all those eras. Yes. And I it's just now that the school's been able to come together and, and make this more prominent with the flags being placed on the yes, graves of those it, service yeah, people. It will make be current day residents of Cobden aware of the service that has been given. Another member of the Cobden community is Willie Watts. His father, William Charles Watts, served in World War II and was a prisoner of war at Changi on the infamous Burma Railway. Willie talked about his recollections of his father, who is buried at Cobden Cemetery. Willie, do you want to tell me a little bit about your dad and his time in the service? Maybe yeah. just the time that he was in Burma. There's nothing. There's nothing I know about it. Yeah. You know, he, he never spoke about the war. And that happened with a lot of returned soldiers? My word. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You mentioned before that he was in Burma. Yes. What, happened, what was he there? In the prison of war camp? Yeah, Shangi. Shang, where are Shangi, yeah, Shangi. in Burma. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's all, that's all we know. And how long was he there? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yep. And came home? Yep. And then came back to Cobden to live? Yes. Yep. Married then. Yeah, yep. got married. So he got married after that? Oh, yep. I suppose he was a bit yep. young to get married before he went. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you got yourself and other siblings? Yes. Yep. Three other brothers, uh, four, yeah, no, three other brothers. Yeah. Three other brothers. Yeah. As we know, he's buried at the, the Cobden Cemetery. Um, how do you feel about the fact that they're putting the flags up on the cemeteries? Oh, my great. On the gravestones. Great, it's a bloody honour, I tell you. Yep. They, they deserve a lot more, I yeah. believe, but... It's a small step, isn't it? Oh, my word, my yep. word. Yeah, otherwise, the, the kids are going to forget about this. Yeah. You know, and, and Zach in a few years will be gone. And your granddaughter Tara has been involved in... My word. ...with all this? Oh, yeah. And you'd be as proud as punch to see that happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a darling, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she really got me going about it, you know, thinking about, uh, about my dad. I... I know we spoke before and he was a tough old bugger when he came home from the, the war and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. But as time goes on, we sit back now and we can commemorate the, the fact that he was one of those guys who took off overseas, can't we? Yeah. 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 I can honestly say today I love him, Trevor. Yeah. You know, whereas I couldn't when we were young. Couldn't say it. Yeah. yeah. And, as, and as you said before, we don't talk, they never spoke much about no. the war, but it's great to see that this has now been commemorated with the, the flags up at the oh, yeah. Cobden Cemetery. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Willie. Michael Nixon is a teacher at Cobden Tech who spent 28 years in the Australian Navy. I talked with him about his experiences. Michael, tell me a little bit about your service history, please. Uh, I joined as a young 15 years and nine months old. A kid from the street, so to speak, a little country town called Kapunda in South Australia. Went oh, across yeah. to Sydney for, I thought I'd be getting out of school for a couple of years. No, back into school for two, <laughs> two solid years of school. So that Fair enough, two at 15. Yes, I joined at 15 and went to the Navy's apprentice training establishment, HMAS Marimbra, out of Quaker Hill in Sydney. I uh, did two years there, got did all my theory from electrical trade to electrical fit and mechanics. They did, did two years theory, then onto a ship and we did two years consolidated training on board, practical training on board a ship. My 
first ship was out of the fleet oil tanker, so we were sailing everywhere. I spent about three months at Sydney out of 12, if I was lucky, which was great. I was travelled around, around the world, around Australia. And you would have been, what, 19 at that stage? No, 17. 17? 17, started one of 17, yeah. Good Lord. Good Lord. What year was that that you went into the Navy? Uh, stranger to Cobden folk. He was conscripted to serve in the Vietnam War and then returned to civilian life back home. His anecdotes are always worth hearing. Welcome Ron, how are you mate? Yeah, pretty good Trevor, it's a pleasure to be here. It is, it's great to catch up with you again. I've known you a lot of years and vice versa, so it's nice to just sit down at the table and just chat for a change. How, can you give me a bit of a, a breakdown of your service and years of when you're in the Vietnam episode and and just see see how that all come together for you. Yeah, Trevor, yeah, as you said before, I was a national serviceman and quite happy to have been called up. Uh, did rookie training, core training, and then at most of our infantry battalion training with the 4th Battalion in Townsville, yep. and then off to Vietnam, and that was a real eye-opener. You can do all the training you like, but I don't think it ever really prepares you the, the real thing in country in Vietnam. So. Yeah, what year was that, Rod? Uh, that was 71 that we went to Vietnam in May. 1971, yeah, in May. Oops, we're just about 
on an anniversary, aren't we, this year? So that, uh, for, we're into May very shortly in 2021. Yeah. Yep. Do you still have your reunions and that? Yeah, we've got a reunion on the 21st of September this year in Canberra to mark the 50 years. So. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, so you you went over to Vietnam and then served over there as you have to do what you do and survive and all the rest of it. Um, then you come home. How was the coming home scenario? Well, it was fairly abrupt. In, in virtually in the day, we come from Vietnam and we're in Melbourne. Slept the night in Melbourne and shoved out the door the next day and said, "Get your train and go home." <laughs> so yeah, it was a, a real culture shock to yeah. come from a full-on war zone to come home to Little Cobden. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it took a fair bit of adjusting. How did you go through that process? Did you did you go back to work or did you? What was the setup? I had a couple of months off. Yeah. Because well, you can imagine as I said, you know, it was a real culture shock jumping from one to the other. But it was certainly an unsettled time, probably for three or four years, but I come home in the October and I started work in the January. At I, the Shire again? Yeah, back yep. at the Shire. They yep. had to hold me job for me as a national serviceman. Yep. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And then, if I, memory serves me right, you basically stayed with the Shire right through to the end, or did you have a bit of a sojourn anywhere? Or? Look, I walked away from the Shire for a period of time and took on petrol distribution. It was all part, part of the, the settling down, I suppose, and it was yeah. a real struggle for a while. And I worked at the pub for 12 months. And then Cheryl come along and decided maybe we could get married. <laughs> and so I didn't want to be a pub worker at that stage, so yep. I went back to the Shire and started working there again. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and, and a lot of people in this day and age wouldn't understand the, the trauma to your mind and your body and just coming back from a war zone to home and then trying to settle down again and you've, you've done a marvellous job in getting through that. The reason for the podcast and the school is that we're, we're looking at uh, the raising of flags on, well, the acknowledgement of returned servicemen at the Cobden Cemetery and the, and the placing of the Australian flag on their, their tombstones. Um, have you got anything, your thoughts about all that? Look, I'd like to pay honour to the tech school for coming up with this incentive. I reckon it's a marvellous thing. I'd heard about it in Colac yeah. and never really thought any more about it. Same here. But yep. I was talking with Andrew up at the tech school on one occasion, he'd said about it, and I thought, what a marvellous thing to get the kids involved in. And then with the Cemetery Trust too, of course, so I think it's a great incentive. Yeah, I, I really, I really, um, well, it's hit, hit, hit home with me. I've got, no, I've got my grandfather's in at the Camperdown Cemetery, but, um, and he was a return serviceman, but nothing's happened in there yet. But this is really good to see something like this happening in our little cemetery, in our little town, and, and it's a credit for me to be involved with this podcast, and it's a credit to see that the, uh, the Cobham Tech School and the kids being involved with it and learning about our return servicemen. Like you, Ron. And it's uh, thank you for your time and let's hope it's a great day and everything comes together really well. Alan Fleming is president of the Camperdown RSL. The RSL plays a key role in preserving the history of theatres of war in which Australia has been involved. It also provides support and assistance to returned servicemen and their families. In Camperdown and we're in the rooms at the RSL 
where there's a fantastic display of military artefacts here. The RSL rooms are in Pike Street in Camperdown. On the day of the flag raising ceremonies at Coblin Cemetery, Alan is going to go, come and talk to the students and those present about the general history of the war services in our district. Alan, can you give me a bit of a breakdown of um, how you see the, the flag raising ceremony being presented by the kids from Coblin Tech School and your bit of involvement in it? I think it's, it's really brilliant that um, the school's been given the opportunity to delve into the history and, and help the community show the recognition. When in 2015 I did some research and there was 30 soldiers from our general district fox out of Timburn who were killed at Gallipoli. 30? 30. Gee. And um, given in how the students these days have great access to the internet, uh, I'm always available to help guide anybody who wants to find information on their own family history. And I think this can only be good for the whole community. Yeah, I think it will be too. Um, the display you've got here in Camperdown, it's got uh, memorabilia from the First World War, Second World War, Vietnam, Afghanistan. Really interesting to see. How often do you open this up? Pre-COVID, I had it open on the uh, first Sunday every month. And then we still there's always an opportunity for anyone to to come at any stage, either as a family or as a community or school group to have a look. Incidentally, you forgot to mention Korea, it's in there too. Oh yeah, that's fair enough too. There's probably a few more than that that they are service people have served at. Yes, but uh, I, I find that um, it can you, you can focus on, a say, on a glass cabinet or the, or the, the main display of photos on the bench, and there's ever so many stories that if people uh, have a particular interest. There's so much here that we can actually, we can actually show. It's not all original. Some of it's stuff are photocopied, but it's the only way people can get access to it. Yeah, and no, that's that's perfect. As we said before, your talk's going to be on the services in our district, and, and you've mentioned that 30 were killed from the First World War. Um, we've had Ralph Niblett died from the Vietnam War. Have you got any stories on that part of the? I think the important the thing was that. Uh, the 30 were for the Gallipoli part on its own. Most of the memorials around in, in Cobden and, uh, and Camperdown will actually show you the number who were killed. They won't give you any indication of the amount of people who were involved. For example, Hampton Shire's got a list for World War I of 1,250 who enlisted. So there's a, there's a greater um, uh, knowledge out there for people. The other thing is that there were soldier settlement districts right around from 19, from the First and Second World War. There were, yep. And that means that you've got a lot of a lot of servicemen who have moved into the area who didn't have family here, so that the, the numbers of actual servicemen who lived in our district way exceeds the number who actually enlisted. Yeah, and that, that's an important part too of the history of the, history of the RSL and uh, the service people that we've got. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the, anything at all, Alan? Oh, I think that uh, given, given in the ability to uh, use the internet these days, World War One is very easy for people uh, to get history on their family. World War Two is more difficult. But there are enormous amounts of resources there and I believe that the students will make really good use of, of that and the community will be behind them because of the work they're doing at the, at the cemetery. Excellent stuff. One of those websites you mentioned before was the AIF project. 
Um, people can go there and look up and, and get some basic history and, and some of the stuff that you've shown me is really uh, really informative about um, the service people of our district. I believe AIF project is a really good stepping stone for World War One. You'll get an A4 page of history and it'll give you all the little insights you need to go and search the National Archives for the rest of your information. Um, as I said, World War Two is, is more difficult because almost every record for World War One is available free of charge on the internet and that will go from their, their history, um, their, all their military service, yeah. anything for four to 140 pages each and that's, you can read that for free on the internet and I mean that's fantastic yeah. and I'm prepared to help anyone that wants to do that. Well that's a good, that's a good outcome too. Alright, thanks Alan. So now it's time to sign off from this Anzac Day podcast. We leave you with a reminder that Cobden Anzac Day commemorations will take place at Cobden Cemetery on Thursday the 22nd and Friday the 23rd of April at 11.30am and at Cobden Cenotaph at the Civic Hall on Sunday the 25th of April at 11am. We hope you take the opportunity to share and reflect in Cobden's Anzac Day ceremonies. We thank our key supporters, the Cobden and District Community Bank and Corangamite Shire and our parent organisation, Progress in Cobden. We'll be back with another podcast next month. Keep talking, Cobden.